Hello listeners, this is Freelance Friday with Bay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of a current full-time freelancer. Today on the show we have Wade Griffith. Hello! He is a, an architectural photographer, very, very, very good one. You should aspire Thanks, to all Casey. be like him. Appreciate it. Except for not because then he couldn't be him because he would be him. Don't be me. Or like him. Be yourself. Yes. Anyway, so today um, I'm going to talk to Wade and uh, kind of get a look into his experience. Hopefully you can learn some stuff from it. So um, why don't you give us like a little bit of your background? Because I know before sure. photography you did some other work with agency and design. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm from Texas. Uh, you can't tell that from my deep, thick accent, but I'm born and raised here and moved to Dallas Went to the Art Institute uh, for graphic design and uh, went into advertising. My first job was at Interstate Batteries, and I worked there for a couple of years, designed uh, the Interstate Batteries logo. And um, once I did that, I was like, I'm out. I've done everything I can here. Moved on. Worked at a, uh, another small graphic design uh, shop called Holt Design for about eight or nine years. And we had all kinds of cool accounts there, like Dallas Cowboys and American Airlines. Um, but I finally just got kind of tired of the graphic design world and gig and decided I wanted to do something different. And so I thought I'd go into photography and, um, uh, if nothing else, if it didn't work out, I'd just go back to graphic design, but it worked out and I've been doing it now for nine years and it's been awesome. Now I know I, like many other people struggle to kind of like pick a focus in and um, in like an, an area or a niche or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I don't know if Austin's ever talked to you about it, the taco shop mentality. We talked in an episode about last week. Austin and I have never talked about tacos. <laughs> That's lies. I've seen oh, you, I know what you're I've talking seen about you now. eat tacos yes. together. I love tacos. So does Austin. No, but the taco shop mentality that you like, you pick in on one thing, like you have a focus, so you're like known for that thing. Like you, right, like you right. now, you're known as an architectural photographer, right. but you do other kind of photography. Yes. So what was, can you talk a little bit about how you, I guess, went from, the, the, made the transition from being known as a designer to being known as an architectural photographer? Right. How did you like make that switch? So like so many other photographers, I was just really a generalist. And kind of shooting whatever I could shoot, whatever people offered, you know, for me to shoot, I would take the gig because I wanted the money and I wanted the experience I wanted to learn. But over time, um, uh, I just started, I, I had, I started off doing one architectural job for somebody and that one kind of led to another architectural job. And, and, and when I was shooting previously just for myself, I was shooting a lot of like old abandoned buildings and uh, gas stations and homes and sneaking in abandoned things and whatever. And so I had a friend say, well, if you can make all these these uh, kind of uh, old abandoned spaces look great, let's try your hand at, at, at making like a pristine office in downtown Dallas look great or whatever. And so I said, sure, I uh, accept the challenge. And, and I did that. And uh, they seemed to like it enough to keep using me. And uh, so that kind of snowballed into uh, starting what became the architectural thing for me. But I was still, you know, at that time I was shooting everything, weddings, portraits, product, uh, doing stuff, you know, at my house, setting up stuff and doing shoots there and just trying to f feel, uh, feel out, you know, what I, what I really wanted to do for the future. Um, I've always liked uh, 
art and graphic design, and I've always liked architecture a lot. I've always liked buildings a lot. So that was just another interest that I took and incorporated it with photography, which I liked a lot. And then, and then you know, come to find out that Dallas is a is a big booming city that. Uh, has a lot of architectural uh, projects going on all the time, whether it's uh, builders uh, building new buildings and then needing me to shoot those or architects designing buildings and needing me to shoot the projects once they're finished or whatever. So um, I just kind of took all those things and put them together and thought, uh, you know, I love architecture. I love photography. This is a city that really uh, has a lot of that going on as far as me being able to make a a good living. And um, it's something that over time, I think over, you know, all that, came together. And so on my side, that was something that I enjoyed and wanted to do. But on the other side, what, what happened was it was something that people kept asking from me. So it was also something that I was kind of a path that I was led down, whether I, I, I kind of wanted to be on it or not. You know, I could jump off at any time if I was like, I hate this whole architecture thing. I'm not going to do it. But I was enjoying it. And people were, were liking my work and, and like kind of word was spreading and it was snowballing and I was getting more and more. So I've just, I've just ridden that that wave the whole way. And it's, uh, it's worked out really well for me, but I still love to shoot. I still consider myself a commercial photographer and I'll still take, um, other gigs that I'm excited about. I shot Dak Prescott of the Cowboys not too long ago. And that was really exciting, even though I don't shoot a lot of portraits all the time. And when other portrait stuff comes up that I'm excited about, I'll take that. Cause I love working with people and the same thing with product things and working in a studio. I really love something about having all the lighting set up perfectly and working in a studio on a tabletop. And if a cool project comes along, where I can do that. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll take those kind of gigs as well, but I'd say, you know, uh, 75% of what I do right now is, is architectural and, um, and that's just worked out really well for me. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely a taco shop that maybe sells, uh, a hamburger every once in a while, but, uh, it's mostly tacos. Right. And it's not that you're like hamburgers or your other stuff that you have on the menu. Right. Other types of photography isn't great. Yeah. But you're branded as that one thing, yeah. and being branded as that one thing enables you to stand out as that thing, but also to be able to um, people see the quality of work and go like, oh well, you can probably do other stuff well too. Right. Like, I think you know the other stuff in the beginning or over you know when you're trying to find yourself or what you really want to do. I think it's fine to be a generalist, and I think you can make a good living like that. But I think from what I've seen, the people who specialize. Uh, over time, you know, in the long run, really do the best because people know them for what they do. And, um, and there's a dog under the table. He's doing something that's making a lot of noise and that's all right. He specializes in noise making. (laughs) That's what he's known for. And people know that, (laughs) but no, um, but yeah, when you specialize in something, people will come to, to you for that because they know that you're an expert in that field, which is the whole taco shop concept. You want really good tacos, you're going to go to the taco place that serves the best tacos, not some place that serves uh, tacos and hamburgers and salads and spaghetti and everything else, whatever, and it's just a hodgepodge. And um, you'll, you'll be like, you know, let's go, to the best, let's go to the best place in town for this. And so that's what I want to brand myself as, is one of the best architectural photographers in Dallas. And so that when people think of doing those kind of projects, they'll, they'll call me to do them. And I, I, you know, I think that's good for anybody uh, is to find something that you're passionate about. Uh, if you're passionate about photography already, find another passion and combine the two and, uh, and go that direction. Cause I think that you'll do really good work and become known for it. Yeah. Um, you guys can check out his work at Wade Griffith photography.com. You can also check in the uh, show notes on uh, vacacy.com slash freelance Friday, where we'll have links to all of his social media profiles and all that kind of stuff on there. Um, 
let's talk about more uh, like side of things that people don't talk about. So sure. Much. Like um, secrets. <laughs> so I I recently in the last year and a half uh, restructured my business from being a sole proprietorship. Sole proprietorship is that right? I think that that sounds good to me. Yeah, I think that's right. Sole proprietorship too. Um, and S Corp. Right. And me too. And I did this after Wade's suggestion, after I'd been talking to Wade a little bit about taxes and, and, and filing and all that stuff. Um, so can you just from your experience, talk a little bit about like why you chose to go with that? And then even as far as like any insight you can give on like how you handle taxes and like paying taxes as oh, a contract employee and like yeah. all of those kind of things that nobody, cause that's the stuff that really people right. have the hardest time with, yeah. I think. So I'm not going to pretend to be any kind of expert on any of this. Right. I have a really right. good uh, tax guy here in town. I'll just name drop uh, Jimmy Turner, who I've been working with since I was a graphic designer. And, it's, and I started working with him because a lot of my other uh, friends who had their own small businesses worked with him and he kind of has a niche there in working with uh, uh, small businesses one man businesses and uh, and and really helping them out a lot thanks um, jimmy for helping me out on my filing too <laughs> he helped me it switched over yes so jimmy's really the expert in this and 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 like everything else in your career a lot of times when uh we're not the experts at things i'm not i've never been an accountant i'm, I'm not very good with taxes and numbers and these kind of things these are sometimes the things that artists suffer at so we really need to look to an expert for those kind of things so when jimmy tells me that i need to do something at, a, at different points in my career so that I can save money on taxes um, or, or do whatever to become, you know, uh, better financially, I'm going to listen to those things. So when I got to a certain uh, point where I'd been freelancing a certain amount of years and making a certain amount of money, uh, he thought that it would be better uh, financially for me to become an S-Corp for reasons that I probably could, a list that I really don't understand. But um, uh, he, when he explains it to me there in his office or whatever, I'm like, well, you know, whatever you think is better for me I'm going to do and uh, uh, and you know since I've done that I, th things have been great and as, as I continue to grow he suggests other things for me and for my business um, you know he suggested uh, that I that I you know bring on other people to help me and I've, I've done that more over the, the last year or two um, so I'm you know that one of the big things that you have to do as a freelancer is take the advice of other people um, that, that that you know you respect uh, in, in what they do and in their field. And uh, so I do that with Jimmy and I do that with any other expert who knows a lot more about something than, than I do. And uh, I think that that just helps you out a lot. You can't be um, just one man who makes all the decisions and knows everything about everything and try to be that person. I, I think that you'll, that you'll fail doing that. But if you, if you let people help you and you bring in others to, to help your business as well, that, that that's always a win. Yeah, I um, I've actually been at a point recently where I've I say recently for the last like couple of years where uh -huh. I'm going like I kind of want to hire people on, but I don't know where to where to begin. I right. Guess sometimes what's how do you how do you start doing that and, and and decide that like okay this whatever this thing is I can delegate this out because like for example like for me communicating with clients and being able to know like what's being said to them and 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 being in the loop on the conversations and all that stuff, but also understanding pricing and like scope of projects and all the information that's needed. And I'm like, when I start thinking about like what I would have somebody else do, like that's one of the things, mm -hmm. 
but I don't even know where I would begin to try to communicate that to somebody or to have somebody else do that. Right. I mean, that's a really tough decision, especially when you're used to doing everything yourself. Yeah. You know, you're just used to be like, well, I, I know how to run my own business. I, I do everything myself and I'm going to continue to do that as much as possible. So I've done that for, for many, many years. I think what really um, finally... Uh, made me think more and more about having other people help me out was I got to a point where uh, I was at full capacity and I just couldn't do anymore there. You know, I, I was shooting and editing every single day. And um, so it was hard to get around to the financial stuff like depositing checks or get around to the stuff that I was had been doing really well at like my social media stuff, like putting stuff on Instagram and Facebook and getting your work out there and updating your website and all that good stuff or whatever. And, um, or even editing your photos. You know, I know I can, if I can have somebody help me edit, edit some of my photos from time to time that I can be out there shooting more often. And if I can, you know, shoot more, I can bring in and have someone help me edit, then I can bring in more income and then maybe I can have more people help me or whatever. But I think you just start off really small, like you do with anything, because you don't want just like with anything in photography and, and being on uh, a, a tight budget all the time, you don't want to take out gigantic loans and you don't want to buy a, a huge office that you can't afford, or you don't want to go out and buy $20,000 worth of photography equipment that you can't afford thinking that this is going to make you better. Same thing with maybe having um, other people as employees that, that work for you and, and do things for you. Just start off very small. So um, I have Elisa, who's another photographer who is working with uh, us at Weld, and she's kind of got on her own now and needing some additional um, income. And so I thought it would be a great idea to to bring her on and, and uh not only um, have her help me, but also be able to mentor her for her future photography career. Um, and it's worked out. It's worked out great. Um, and we just kind of go week by week, like how many hours I think are, you know, uh, that I can give her depending on how much work I have for her that week. And she's really flexible, too. So that's a that's a great situation. And as time goes on, if that turns into something more, which I'm you know sure it, it would or could, then um, then that's great. But I'm with I'm very cautious about everything and I just don't want to get it over my head. And I don't want to overpromise anybody anything either. Like, yeah, come on, full time employee, all the benefits and a new car. Are. And the next be they'd be like, well, I really don't have that much work for you, and I can't pay you either. So, uh, <laughs> so you just start out small, and that's what we've done. Yeah. But she's been with me for, um, you know, I, I can't even. I'm not. It's good. been six months or something. Yeah, now? something like that. Because I think it was because we were at Weld, and right. it was like right after you moved into the office because uh -huh. you needed space in the office right. to have for somebody else, right? right? And then I had, and then I snagged one right after that. Yeah, because you took my office. Dang it. Um, but yeah, so, so it's been like six months. I had listened to yeah. the advice of not only Jimmy, my accountant, kind of telling him my situation that like I was at just full capacity, that I really couldn't do any more as one person. And, um, and also, uh, uh, Willis, who helps me with all my financial stuff, telling him the same thing and both of them confirming what I was already thinking, which was like, Wade, you need help. You need to bring on more people. So don't be scared to, to do that. And so, um, I have people, of course, that assist me uh, regularly, and um, a, l a lot of those people also help me edit uh, when clients have specific edits that they need made that I can't get to. And then Elisa is there uh, at least a couple of times a week to help me with uh, things on on a daily basis, just like all my accounting stuff. And she's been great with helping me with my marketing and keeping my website updated and depositing checks, but also now like helping me uh, edit edit photography jobs. 
Um, and it's great because we work, you know, just side by side with each other. So we're able to go over stuff right there rather than her like taking work home and then bring it back to me and saying, how does this look? We can just work. Uh, right next to each other. And I think that's always a great idea too. So having an office and being able to maybe bring someone in or, or a desk nearby or a space nearby, I think is a, is a good idea. And just keep, keep growing your business that way. And don't be a, afraid to at least try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And worst right. case scenario, you go back to being one man show. But if you're ever going to grow and you're at full capacity and you can't do any more, you can't do any more shooting, you can't do any more editing in, in, in a day or in a week, then, uh, then think about bringing on other people to, to help you because that's how you grow your business. Something um, that I found interesting that I, I didn't re- I didn't know this, like that, that with you and Elisa, that, um, that it's like a week to week kind of like, hey, this is like what may or may not happen this week. Right. Which is interesting because I feel like most of the time you wouldn't have that quite as much, but... If it ends up being a win for you and a win for her and a win for everybody involved, right? Then it's a winning situation, and like, doesn't really matter so much if it seems to be like normal or typical, which all that to just kind of tie in. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about win-win-win situations and how like ultimately you look for that's like what you should be looking for, right? And like using that as a main like marker or determining factor of like whether you do something or don't is right. like is this a win for everyone involved? And that's a that's a big part of it too is. Um, uh, you know, we're a different breed as artists and photographers and stuff anyway. And, and someone like her, who's trying to, uh, start her own full-time business as well, needs a lot of flexibility. So this gives everybody, um, all the flexibility that they need. If, if she's shooting a lot that week or, or assisting a lot that week or whatever, well then, you know, she can do that. And then the weeks that she's more free to help me out and that, that I need more help then she can come in and help me. And it helps, you know, her financially and she can, she can learn from me, but at the same time, she can feel like she has the freedom to, um, to go out and pursue her own career, which is what will eventually, you know, end up happening. And I can ease into this, uh, knowing that, uh, that I can pay someone what I can afford right now. And as that changes and grows and I need more and more help, I've had then some experience saying, okay, that was, I I know how much I, how often I needed somebody every week. And, and now, you know, um, I'll I'll know if I need somebody part-time or full-time and what I can pay them and that kind of thing moving forward. So it's just like, just baby steps. Now, I've, uh, over the last few years, being um, at Weld in Dallas, Weld, Dallas, rest in peace, Wade and I uh, had desks right across from each other for a couple of years, two or three years, maybe mm-hmm. even. Yeah. And so I got to listen in on a lot of conversations that Wade would have with clients, um, potential clients. And over those few years, getting to hear those conversations, I felt like I learned a lot Um just kind of from how to how to engage clients, how to talk with them a little bit, and something that I feel like you've always been really really good at, at least since I've known you, is treating your business as a business, which is something that I know a lot of freelancers have a hard time with, and like being able to separate that out, I think is one of the you know to to see it as a business is one of the reasons that you've been successful, and that you're able to like hire other people on and delegate stuff off. Because it's not so much of like, I've got, this is my life thing and I've got to, you know, it's like, no, this is a business. Right. And, and I think that's a lot of the reason I've had a hard time being able to push myself past that point is because it's hard, even though I preach like you got to treat it as a business, it's hard to do it. Right. And so, so what's like, uh, I mean, can you talk a little bit more sure. about that as far as 
handling it like a business. Okay, right. Well, I'm just as much a control freak as you or anybody else. So I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there. And I think that a lot of us are. Um, maybe it's like people in general, but maybe it's even more so like artists and photographers and things like that. It's like we have a craft and we do what we do. And it's very hard for us to let anybody else come in and, and be a part of that. And especially when your name is the business, like Wade Griffith Photography, or like so many of us have, like we just stick photography on the end of our name. And so we are the business. And, uh, so, you know, when you grow clients over like nine years or whatever, like I have, or whatever, a lot of them expect me to show up to the photo shoot and take the pictures and me to edit the pictures and me to e- email them the pictures. And, and, uh, so you start taking all of that very personally. I mean, it, it is you. And so if, when someone comes comes in and they're not doing stuff exactly the way that you do that, um, you can tend to be a little bit of a control freak about it. And so I think what I've had to do and what a lot of people have to do is, is learn to like kind of let off the reins a little bit and say, give some people some freedom and, and, and say, um, you know, everything that I do isn't the totally right way. It's, it's been something that's worked and that people like, but it's also uh, teachable. And to ever grow, you have to work with others. You have to collaborate. And I do love that. I love collaboration. I love working uh, with other photographers and, and videographers and uh, artists in general um, more than I even like working by myself. It's, it's just, it's more fun to work as a, as a work as a team. So uh, with that said, I just, I really feel like you have to learn to relax and, and let other people help you out. Let other people learn, and and uh, whether it's an intern or it's an employee, um, because this is the only way that your that your business is is going to to grow. And so I've yeah I've uh, I've had to learn to separate myself even from my name a little bit. And I you know I've done a lot of research too about other uh, ph- commercial photographers or architectural photographers out there. And there's there's quite a few people out there that um, yeah they do quite a bit of the shooting, but they even maybe have other photographers on their staff that do shooting for them. And they definitely have other people that that edit for them quite a bit. And then they have people that uh, email clients and, uh, and, 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 you know, accountants and, and things like this. So they formed a team and that team now is, you know, their name photography or whatever. And so people become people learn to become used to that, too. People learn to, uh, even though it says Wade Griffith Photography, that Wade might not be emailing them directly. Uh, Wade might have another photographer with him on a shoot that's also taking pictures, and Wade might have someone else editing those pictures. If the final result comes out to be a great product that they're excited about and like, it's not going to matter to them. They're going to be excited that they're working with whoever, a team of people. And so you have to get used to that idea and concept as well. And that's what I'm doing currently. That's what I'm, you know, trying to, to, to get across mentally. Cause I'm the same way as you. And I think a lot of us are, are, are just like that. And that we just have to say, okay, it's not all about me and what I do exactly. And, and this is something that I can work with other people on and, 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 and grow my business with. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's actually, it's a fact that like we all like, uh, on average, like people think that we think we're better than we actually are at stuff. <laughs> Probably. Like we're not all as great, great. And we're all a little bit more average than, than we think. And <laughs> right. so like, which means that everybody else out there is too. Yeah. Which means I, my that my uh, tagline is uh, I'm not as good as you think I am. <laughs> yeah. And people, people seem to dig that. So, yeah. Uh, so some of this stuff that we've been talking about is is pretty high level, and and if somebody's new to freelancing, may kind of have gone over their head. But they'll get to it eventually, right? But all that to say, like, let's let's take a step back a little bit now, and and like 
speaking to somebody that's new to freelancing or considering in the beginning. Yes, the beginning. What's what's your advice to somebody like that as far as like getting jobs? Okay, sure. Um, that's tough. There's all different kinds of personalities out there. So when you're running your own business, it can be tough if you're a very shy person or a person who doesn't want to talk to people or a person who doesn't really want to correspond with people or whatever, that's going to be tough for you to be the salesman of your own company and go out there and hustle and and kind of round up business. Now, I'm not saying that it can't be done because there are people that are so talented um, that their work speaks volumes for them. And then people see the work and they don't really care like too much about how the person acts or whatever. But I think that may, I think it makes a quite a bit of difference about how your personality is, or if you can just try to train yourself and learn to become a better salesperson for your own company and for yourself. So it it could just be as easy as learning to talk to people on the phone and be polite and uh, learn how to email and stay in touch and how to respond on time. Like if someone emails you, don't email them two days later, email them the same day, email them within the hour if you can, because people are impatient. And especially when it comes to jobs, if someone emails you about a job and you don't, I, there's been lots of jobs. If I don't get back to somebody with like in an hour, um, and I'm not saying you have to always do that, but if they may have already found someone else. It's that quick that they're maybe looking for somebody. And uh, there's a lot of people out there. And so other, you know, other people can fill those shoes. But in the beginning, you definitely have to have to hustle. You have to Learn to get up in the morning, get out of bed, uh, get ready for the day, and prepare. be prepared to work all day. I think there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of talent, but they're also really lazy, or they expect things to come to them, like naturally, uh, maybe because they're so talented, or maybe even if they're not. Like, throw something up on Instagram, and the world's right. going to see it. Oh, yeah, not no. Gonna, not going to happen. Shit does not work that way. No. So I say, you know, in the in the beginning, first of all, uh, with me, like personally, I had a, a, a steady income as a graphic designer and um, I was married and I had an apartment and we had car payments and all this stuff. So for me to kind of like go to my wife and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to totally switch gears and become something totally different that I've never done before and didn't go to school for or anything else. And I think it's really going to work. And if it doesn't, then I'll just go back to doing what I'm doing. But in the meantime, we might have to like, you know, cut back on on certain bills or whatever uh, and make certain sacrifices that we have been making. That's not an easy conversation for me to have or for her to really accept. Um, but if some, you know, she was really behind me on the whole thing and wanted me to be happy. So it was something that I pursued. And then, um, I'm the kind of person who uh, gives my all to any project that I go into. So I was just all in, I was all in on, on learning photography, uh, reading books every single day. Uh, I was pretty much putting myself through college again to learn photography, online tutorials, uh, going to, to workshops, talking to other photographers, uh, setting up stuff in my home or shooting almost every single day so that I could learn something um, and, and learn just a constant learning curve all the time. And I think that should continue. But as you get busier later in life, of course, that's it's not always possible. Right. It's not quite as feasible. Right. But, but in the beginning, you should just be all in, learning all the time and then working as hard as you possibly can. So every day I was going to spend all day long um, doing whatever I could to uh, try to find new clients and, or or be shooting or be editing or whatever I, I could uh, developing a, a strong portfolio. That's, that's key. Everybody's going to your portfolio for everything. That's where they see that's your face for everything. So if that portfolio doesn't look professional and it doesn't look good, people aren't going to be coming uh, to you for business and they're definitely not going to be coming back as repeat uh, customers. So there's just a lot to learn in the beginning, but I would just say you have to work really hard. You have to be willing to get up 
uh, work hard all day and, and repeat that day after day after day and not only do the photography side of things and be good at that, but be able to talk to people on the phone, be able to email people, be able to co- correspond well, and then be able to market yourself. Luckily, I came from a background in, in advertising and graphic design where I was marketing for others and advertising others all the time. So I just applied that to myself, but you don't have to do that or have that to be successful because uh, that can be just a learned trait too. And if you can take your really good work that you're doing all the time and find a way to show that online, which is so easy now to, to the world on a daily, weekly basis, uh, then I think you're off to a, to a great start. And you just keep repeating that over and over again. You do good work, you show it off, you get clients, that's just going to start snowballing. Um, that, to me, it's that simple. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. You definitely have to work hard. Um, but also something you got to think about is working smart while you're doing that because right. something I see a lot of times, even I've been bad about this myself, is they're sitting here working so hard, but you're not working on the right things. Right. And you're like, oh, well, I can't go do that thing because of, and you have this like laundry list of reasons that you can't go get the work. Right. And excuses are going to keep you from being able to get that. Mm-hmm. So like Absolutely. work hard, work smart. Um. Yeah. You're going to have to do something you love too. Because if you don't, if you're not doing something that you love, you're doing something like just to make the money or, or whatever, you're going to burn out very quickly because you're going to start to hate your life and hate your job and not want to do it anymore. So you have to find a passion, something that you're passionate about. This is what people are, are the best at. And this is what keeps people doing something over a long period of time is because they love what they're doing. They love going to work and they love doing a particular thing. And so, I, you know, I, I find that if, if, if you're doing something and it's not working, it, it's, it's not making money or you're not being passionate about it, then you might want to think about switching gears even just a little bit and doing something a little bit different or something a lot different uh, to where you finally get to a place where not only you're being super passionate about what you're doing, but people are really digging what you're doing and wanting to, uh, you know, buy that service from you over and over again. Um, so like, I know you do a lot of video and that you enjoy doing video a lot. And this I is think very true. this is true. And yes. just, I think it's all about working on the right projects and finding out like, for you, like, you know, what you, what kind of projects you want to work on long-term, what you're the best at mm-hmm. and, and, and what clients keep on coming back for. And if you can, can combine all those things together, then, you know, uh, there's no doubt you're going to be successful. Yeah. And, and then there's been times where on the stuff I'm getting, the work I'm getting is not what I'm liking. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I have to assess like, okay, well, what am I doing to, to, that's causing me to get this work. That's like not that for some reason I'm getting work that I don't want to get like what is what is the reason for that and a lot of times it's because of like the way I communicate with clients it's the kind of work that I'm doing or showing it's the way I'm pricing it's like the struck that like I mean because there are definitely like pricing tiers where it's like I know that if somebody's expecting to pay within a certain range like they're probably going to be this type of client like I can pinpoint and go like there's like just telltale signs of like ways people talk like, I mean, a, a prime example of, of, of somebody that doesn't understand the value of work is somebody that comes along and says something like, oh, I've got all these followers and you're going to get so much exposure. <laughs> right. And my rebuttal is, cool, I can get all of that exposure after you pay me too. Like, right. you can share that and I still get that exposure. Exposure is not going to pay my rent. Right. And that's, I mean, that's one example. But there's like, there's just like little things like that that, that, you kind of start to identify and go like, okay, well, I'm not getting the kind of work I want and I'm, or I'm getting work I don't want. What, you know, sometimes it's not the client necessarily. It's more like you and the way you're handling things. Um, right. And don't, don't do the kind of work. Don't do work that you don't want to 
do in the future. So if you hate taking pictures of chickens, don't take pictures of chickens and post them online. Don't do it. Because you'll get more you'll get more clients than once you take pictures of their chickens. Do the work so, you want to be getting. Yeah, do the work that you want to be getting and, st- and, and stay away. In, in the beginning, it's tough because financially it's tough and you want to take on jobs that, that that get you paid that's totally understandable and so if you're taking those you know don't turn down when you're broke and poor and starting out every job that comes along because that's not what you want to be doing you want to be doing fashion in, in New York um, because that's not you know necessarily going to happen right away so to accept those kind of jobs in the beginning is fine but as you move as you move along and you start to grow start doing more and more of the kind of jobs or shooting in your free time even in the beginning the kind of jobs that you want to be doing and getting better at that and so, then only be showing that work and then only be showing like, that work don't word. show the other stuff right. you don't if you don't want to get hired for stuff don't show that stuff Right. Say like headshots. Some people love doing headshots and some people love working with corporate people and doing corporate headshots and things like that. Um, others don't. So if, if, if that's not a, a, a and that can be a great line of work that can be uh, you where you can be very financially successful and as well, because everybody needs that. And there's tons of businesses in a big city like Dallas or whatever. But if that's not something that you want to be doing, then don't do it. Uh, turn away those jobs and and move towards the jobs and be shooting the kind of jobs even on your own that you want to be doing. That's a lot what I've done with architecture and a lot of my other kind of work. And um, I've just kind of steered myself. I kept steering, keep steering myself in the direction that I want to go and away from the kind of work that I don't want to do, even if it even even if there's money there. Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap it up. But, uh, but I don't want. I don't want. I to know. Go. We can have you on another time and talk some more. <laughs> We're at like the half hour mark. This is the longest episode oh, so far. Nice. So, um, in twenty seconds, like, do you have any like, like takeaways? Like, if, if just to sum up, like, in, what we've kind of been saying here. Yeah, yeah. Or like, hey, in twenty seconds, this is what I want you. This is yeah. what I think you should get uh, out of this. Take chances. Jump out there. Uh, do what you love. Work really hard at it. Uh, just repeat that process every single day and um, learn to work with others, learn to hustle, learn to go out there and get business. Um, we, we live in a world now where uh, everything is online and right at our fingertips. So you can reach out to people through email and phone calls and uh, going and showing your portfolio in person. So do that stuff. Do that stuff. Keep working really hard at what you're doing until your work gets better and better and better. And I promise you, if you have good work and a good work ethic and, and people like what you do, you're going to be successful. It's just it's just a, a yep. win-win system. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, man. Uh, like I said earlier, we'll have uh, links to Wade's work and uh, social medias and all those things. I thought I was going to get paid. Are you just talking about exposure? Oh, you'll get paid, Wade. Oh, nice. And exposure. Okay. You know how many people are going to see this? Millions. We have so many subscribers. <laughs> Hundreds of subscribers already. Yes. Um. But no, check the show notes, vacacy.com slash Freelance Friday. Um, we'll also have a link to Jimmy Turner, if any of you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, and let's see what else. And other people that we might have mentioned. Yeah. Uh, who else? Willis Cooley. Mm-hmm. I also, uh, Willis Cooley's my financial advisor. Yeah. I'll have some information there for him if you need financial advising and stuff like that. Anyway, um, thanks for tuning in to another episode please leave ratings leave comments let me know what you think what you want to hear about on the show and uh, i'm also trying to figure out lengthwise what uh what is a good length the first few episodes were like five six minutes tell us what kind of length had a 20 minute you know size matters (laughs) as they say so you let me know 
what size Sorry Mom podcast show you want. Anyway, thanks. Until next time. See you later. Freelance Friday is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a full-service video production company based in Dallas, Texas. Vacacy. Big video production value. Freelance agility and scale. 